Robert, thank you so much for speaking with me today. It's great to be here. Thanks, Stephanie. So on September 21st, a news release came out announcing Actors Theater's new performance season. That includes continued virtual offerings that will be streamed online, a radio play of the popular Dracula, which is streaming now, as well as an in-person run of A Christmas Carol that's described as an exploratory lab production. What does that mean? Well, our fall update really wanted to just kind of clue people in that we continue to offer programming both on a digital as well as a in-person platform. We did our Louisville sessions uh, in-person outdoor event uh, in August, but our in-theater, in-person production of A Christmas Carol, which will be this exploratory lab production, gets a chance to have a Dickensian recital kind of evoked with old media, just like Dickens went around and told his story but it also intersects with a ghost world that's done with motion capture actors. And so it gives us a chance to explore a central question. Is there a way that this technology helps bring us closer to the story, closer to the experience of Scrooge, and closer to this possibility of redemption? So what kind of balance between virtual productions that are streamed online versus in-person shows can people expect from Actors Theatre moving forward? Well, given the the pandemic, a lot of uh, clarity is already given to us about what is safe to do in person and what isn't. And we recognize that one size doesn't fit all. Depends on um, your vaccine hesitancy rate, your numbers, um, wh- how the unions and our collective bargaining agreements respond to allowing that. We've got work to do on our infrastructure, literally our facilities that assure that we're in compliance with those regulations. And we expect that we'll be gradually and incrementally uh, reincorporating in-person gathering. We've got another project, Every Brilliant Thing, coming in the spring. Another project that was working on a digital platform still, uh, still ready, which will be actually a live event. And continuing to scaffold up and scale up uh, in the coming months and years as, you know, the situation continues to evolve and we hope go in the right direction. Yeah, you mentioned Every Brilliant Thing, which according to the release is slated for early 2022 and still ready. When can people expect to know the dates of those shows? You also mentioned the infrastructure issues that you all are addressing at your facility. Can you say more about that as well? Sure. You know, all around most downtowns in the country, um, just like every system, the HVAC is not really set up for a global pandemic. So everybody's having to reevaluate, hey, are we are in compliance? Do we have what we need to make sure that people are safe and comfortable and are able to be welcomed back in those spaces? So we have work to do with our HVAC in our Pamela Brown Theater and in our Bingham Theater, which is underway. The Shuttered Venues Operating Grant has allowed us to um, do some important work in terms of uh, preparing ourselves for what is this new normal. We're just very grateful that we've had that kind of advocacy and understanding. Yeah, you mentioned the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant. This was a huge uh, lobbying effort on really the whole industry to get Congress to acknowledge the unique challenges of the industry that they were facing during the pandemic. Indeed. Uh, So according to a federal database, Actors Theater received more than $3 million in Shuttered Venue Operators Grant funding. And you are one of the few organizations in Kentucky to break that million-dollar mark for SVOG money. It sounds like some of that is helping address these HVAC situation. Uh, What are other plans for those funds? 
Well, you know, that gives us a, a bit of a cushion. And as a professional theater with certain kinds of hallmarks of how we are able to produce, that is a really expensive enterprise. So it gives us a large runway to actually continue to be of service and sustainable and build for the next five to 10 years in a different way. But it does give us enough of a runway to kind of do these really fundamental safety things that we need to do with our HVAC system to have appropriate filtration. I mean, had it not been for those SVOG funds, would we be having a very different conversation right now? Well, fortunately, Actors was able to balance its budget without any SVOG or any other um, COVID relief. So that was not the center of really how we balanced our budget and are able to be in the black. Um, That wasn't a determining factor in that regard. Um, That had to do with some um, really thoughtful uh, restructuring capacity, thinking about capacity building, getting a better business operating plan kind of foundationally under us. Without question, the SVOG, as I described, certainly creates opportunity to address infrastructure uh, challenges that we've had um, to do that in an immediate way, as opposed to on the heels of a capital campaign. So then for the dates for the spring shows, are those going to be TBD for a while until you know that it's safe for audience and artists to be in that space again? So we've taken the approach over the last 18 months to say, when we know something for sure, we're going to give an update as opposed to, you know, offer dates, change dates, offer dates, change dates again. You know, it's, you know, for some people, I, I was at an event last night and they were like, it's, you've been so good in staying in communication and other people will scream on Facebook, what's going on at Actors? You know, so it's, you're not going to kind of reach the balance that makes everybody happy, but we think it's better to be in integrity with ourselves and say, when we know something for sure, then we announce and we'll deliver on what we say we're going to do. In past non-pandemic seasons, you know, the lineup for the Humana Festival for New American Plays didn't really come out till November, so we're a little early here. But it's always been a big part of the story that Actors Theatre tells about itself. And we've noticed that it has been absent in recent communications. Why is that? Actually, it's on our website that we have done our 2021 um, version of the Humana Festival, which due to the pandemic was uh, a new uh, work with emergent technology exhibition. That's the kind of thing that we've done over 30 different projects throughout the year uh, with the meaningful support of Humana, Uh, doing it in a six week kind of window uh, in a specific way of implementing it is less important to our actually doing the work and contributing to the canon and continuing to innovate. So we've talked about it on the terms in which we are actually doing it. There won't be like, like I think of in years past this, or you know, this dedicated six weeks of fanfare around a big festival and, you know, in the before times when critics from around the world would fly in. It sounds like that model is not happening in 2022 per se. Um, just like 2021, since um, fundamentally the the health situation across the country continues to be um, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, we too want to make sure that we are making sure our capacity and ambition are matching 
uh, it's very important that we're an organization that stays in the black. And we are doing that very thing by the way that we are navigating the situation. It's also very important that we continue to be of service and continue to do the work that we do. Um, Part of it is if one keeps trying to Uh, force the lens of what happened in the before times, you actually uh, eliminate your effective ability to actually continue to do the work that you do. So it is true that the idea of um, six intense weeks of five to seven in-person plays would not be happening in 2021 based on the realities of the changing landscape and the evolution that's not about what is lost or what's not happening or um, that's a particular lens I think that one can put on it. Uh, What I'm offering is that there's evolution and we're really excited about the evolution because I think it's affording new audiences sustainability for the future as well as um, understanding how we'll incrementally reincorporate things that people more traditionally associate with us and are excited about. But that will probably be a more Uh, a slower recovery and scaffolding. And we look forward to telling you what that looks like in the coming months, um, because I think people will be very excited about what's in the works. Is that to say that moving forward, that sort of six-week ambitious model of putting on that many productions in such a short period of time could return or you don't even want to talk that far in the future because of this evolution that you speak of, or you don't want to sort of pigeonhole yourself to a certain model or idea. I'm not a fortune teller, so I couldn't offer a a vision of what's going to happen in the future any more than any economist, social scientist, historian. Um, So we're going to continue to explore the stories. We're going to continue to be adaptable. We're going to continue to do that in a sustainable way that assures that Actors Theater is here for another 57 years. Speaking of changes, over the summer, Actors announced it would move away from its traditional subscription ticket model for a new membership-based system. Will you briefly explain how the memberships work? Sure. There's four different levels, and fundamentally, it gives access where there might not have been access previously. Um, You can join as a member for $0. You can join for $100. Um, It gives you four different levels to support a cause and an organization that you believe in what we're about and what we're doing. And am I understanding correctly that the different membership levels give people different kinds of either early access to buying tickets or even discounts to tickets, depending on what membership level they're at? That's exactly right. Um, And yes, it gives you a chance to participate with us wherever you are. Um, We've got members from 17 different states. Um, You know, the reality is we've got a lot of folks who've joined us uh, in the pandemic and, and, um, you know, we're eager to bring folks who, who mostly want to engage with us uh, with the in-person and theater events. Um, We're excited that we'll be able to uh, re-invite them and join, have them join this uh, um, uh, really celebratory time where we are able to do some in-person, which we weren't able to do previously. Why make that change? Like, have subscription sales been declining or does this have anything to do with sort of the challenge of, well, really monetizing digital content where people are paying per household versus per person? Why make the change? Subscription model's been failing for a very long time and uh, very little responsivity to that. Um, So 
this is a way to respond to something that has probably needed to be responded to for uh, decades. Um, And the pandemic has certainly amplified that. As we previously reported, Actors didn't release a new roster for its professional training company this season. Uh, Last season, it boasted, I believe, about 20 young apprentices for the performance calendar. I understand that's because you all are considering making some modifications to it, maybe even seeking some new funding. What were the biggest concerns for you about how the program had been structured? Well, uh, again, uh, if you have 30 employees, you can't host 40 (laughs) apprentices. Some of it is kind of just logic. The real question is we want to make sure that professional development in this country uh, trends in the direction of doing no harm and assuring that people have a situation that they are appropriately compensated so that the learning can be uh, all uh, as opposed to navigating other difficulties. It would be hard to say that any of the compensation and the experience was mutually beneficial, I think, in any kind of apprentice model in the regional theater across the country. You know, you need folks to um, get a holistic opportunity to learn all the areas and understand all the areas. But in a time of specialization, if someone comes in and says, hey, I'm, you know, I really want to be an actor and they find themselves primarily doing crew for an entire season and only um, and that I can assure that structurally that is just a reality of what that's going to be then I have to be make a little more clear and more legible what the value proposition is for that party. If they don't have enough money to um, have safe living situations or uh, uh, any of the things, it just puts them in a vulnerable position. So we wanted to make sure that whatever we were creating structurally and systemically matched um, being able to uh, – understand the realities, and make it accessible. Um, some people just can't afford to do this kind of apprenticeship because it it needs certain kind of financial augmentation. So then it's not as inclusive of an environment by its structural design. So that's not exclusively an actor's theater um, issue, but it is a field-wide and um, industry-wide uh, concern that as one gets more clarity about that, you want to make sure you create a structure that you know uh, uh, would lead to full flourishing for that apprentice. So what changes specifically would you like to see in opportunities for young performers trying to gain more experience? Well, you know, I've always thought um, the kind of liberal arts approach, um, one does better having a wide swath of knowledge, the kind of specialization um, model, I, I think um, it, it has its pros and its cons and people who are ready, more ready for that than others. Um, I think as a field, um, we know um, the acting field is oversaturated. Um, we recognize that there's lots of areas that um, there's still enormous opportunity. There are uh, really useful competencies that one can develop simply from the study. So, you know, what I'm hoping in the future we find is that the excitement of all the different ways that one can be engaged um, uh, are created and that we recognize where, who can do what best in terms of supporting professional development. Um, If you have a situation where um, the acting is all, um, we've had a big proliferation of MFA programs over the last couple of decades. That's changed the dynamic of where an apprenticeship fits in a developmental process. Um, 
we want to just make sure that all of that's consonant with the realities of the field and the ways that people can best grow and develop and find their way in uh, our discipline. It sounds like if we were to simplify it, like there was a huge equity issue here. Well, you know, I always like to context that. I mean, actors isn't anything other than a reflection of the industry and it's not uh, the industry is not anything other than a reflection of the whole system of the country. So uh, it, it's a little backwards to start so micro when you have a country that um, has a way of navigating um, uh, different cultures, different um, uh, sense of uh, how you engage in um, with your fellow human beings. So I like to start big because it actually gives you a better context of understanding what you're actually responding to. Um, We're not generating the environment in which, uh, like I'm not generating the geopolitical climate. I'm responding to it in an organization and a system that actually has certain hallmarks of how it's worked. Um, What we can do, uh, the way that we can do is see those trends, respond to those trends, recognize how they uh, manifest within Kentuckyana, our um, uh, different systems and organizations, our arts and culture organizations, and specifically actors, and you know work in both directions and recognizing how we are likely to um, systemically and structurally create something that is truly sustainable for all. Also, over the summer, actors listed four positions on its employment page. I believe there was a director of costume and wardrobe, technical director, two other positions. Uh, how is it that these four kind of director type positions came open at the same time? And is there more restructuring happening within the organization at the moment? Uh, yeah, we we had a major restructure on March 12th when we shut down the uh, Humana Festival. We had one January 20th of 2020 that was very intentional in order to restructure and make sure that we were addressing a structural deficit. When everything shut down, um, there wasn't work for people to do because we didn't have the shows. So as we're reincorporating in-person gathering, what we're doing is bringing back staff to help us uh, execute that and realize that. So those positions are in response to being able to move back into the reincorporation of in-person in theater performance. So why not bring back some of the people who had to be uh, laid off because of the lack of work? Why not bring some of them back versus posting opportunities for people to apply to? Yeah, it's exciting that several of the people uh, who have rejoined us have rejoined us. Um, But you have to define what the role is. And as I'm framing for you, if you put the lens of saying, so here, we're going to bring you back to do the same thing. It's like, well, I'm misleading you. That's not actually, uh, if I'm saying I'm going to bring you to be the smoke monitor on the plane, if I'm (laughs) eliminated smoking on the plane, then obviously I've you know, I'm, I'm misrepresenting the realities of where we are. Or if I say, hey, here's your full meal without pay, or here's your additional leg room. You know, these are kind of metaphors to kind of say what you're actually incorporating. There are changes that already happened that we as a field did not respond to. The pandemic amplified the need for, hey, you've got to start responding to the realities of the situation that you're in. And so what you're seeing are positions that reflect 
how we are operating as this arts and culture transmedia company as social enterprise, which isn't uh, a regional theater that does seven shows, you know, in person in a theater. Um, It's simply responding to the realities that are there. What do staffing numbers look like now compared to early March of 2020 then? We used to have over 100 employees. We currently are working at 34, uh, working in a hybrid situation that is actually sustainable and keeps us in the black and allows us to still innovate and create um, is very exciting to us. But it looks dramatically different than it did in March 2020. Um, And We want to be around for, as I say, 57 more years and beyond. And we know that we can't go back to the exact same thing uh, because what that leaves us in if we did that is in two years saying, hey, there went all the uh, COVID relief money and we don't we still don't have a a business operating plan that is sustainable because it wasn't sustainable before the pandemic. 